I think Hamlet um, has the ability to step back and view life. He is able to view to be, or he is able to view not to be. Genuinely, seriously, to look down both of those two roads and see what that means for life, for how we live and how we interact with people, that is what speaks to people. And I think you'll notice a lot of the famous lines that are quoted have nothing to do with the story of the play, the action of the play. Like the plot, you know, relatively speaking, is simple. It's the Lion King, sort of, more <laughs> or less. But it's those reflections on life when Hamlet takes a step back and takes stock of the situation around them that really has spoken to people for hundreds of years. Shakespeare by the Sea will put up its first tragedy since 2019 when Hamlet opens on August 5th. The show's star and director are my guests this week to talk staging Shakespeare's most popular work, the effect COVID has had, and the effect climate change continues to have on the work they do every day. I'm Tara Thorne, and this is The Tideline. Is it hot enough for you? We are halfway through hell season and I can see autumn on the horizon. This is, of course, a holiday weekend and there are holiday weekend things to do, including a bunch of free shows down at Grand Parade and they are pretty sweet. Rhea May is kicking off the weekend on Friday night. On Saturday, in celebration of the 2022 National Black Summit Series here in the city this weekend, Anna Liu will be here from the UK alongside Divine Brown and Veronica Tynes. And on Monday, it's Emancipation Day, which will see local hero aquaculture, the Nova Scotia Mass Choir, that's going to be amazing, and Javia Mighty perform. All of these shows are free. They prefer you grab tickets on Eventbrite, but I bet you could just walk up. Again, this round of shows is in Grand Parade Square between Barrington and Argyle Streets in downtown Halifax. Snotty Nose Res Kids return to the Seahorse on Thursday, while The Burning Hell will release its new album, Garbage Island, amazing title, up the street at the bus stop, which is looking quite snazzy these days. Drew Duras O'Hara and Davon Steele from Shakespeare by the Sea are in the wings, but before we bring them in to talk darkness, let's have a nice romantic time with a love song from Rhea May. This is For Your Love. Don't apologize for things that you cannot stop doing Don't let me lean on you like a broken crutch If there was one last piece of bread on the table, I'd give it to you Cause the hunger don't hurt me that much Yeah, I'm used to it, I'll get through it All my life I waited for your love Just a silly Never came wondering if you were okay. All my life I waited for your love, and I'm not giving up. And I'm not giving up on you. Just a silly little kid. And I'm not giving up. Stand here like 
nothing happened I still second guess every single interaction If this was the last day of my life I'd want to make peace with you Is that something we're capable of? Cause I can't end it like this, I can't do it All my life I waited for your love Just a silly little kid who wouldn't give up Stood by the door but you never came Wondering if you were okay All my life I waited for your love And I'm not giving up Giving up on you Just a silly little kid yeah, 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 yeah. All my life I waited for you Waited for you, waited for you Giving up. Drew and Devon, hello. Hi, Tara. Hi. So, first of all, tell me what it's like rehearsing outdoors in a heat wave. <laughs> oh. Thick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is thick. Uh, I'll tell you that we are very lucky we have an indoor rehearsal space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we all of our shows, of course, are outside in the Cambridge Battery, but uh, we do rehearse a lot inside in our, well, I've often called it the coldest building in the world. Um, Man, can I rent an office in there? (laughs) That would be sweet. That's very nice, yeah. (laughs) But then at a certain point, you have to go outside. That's right. Right. Yeah. 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 How has it been? Um, It's been uh, really good because we're centering care for each other. So taking a lot of shade breaks, water breaks has made it really um, easy. And we know that when we go outside, it's for the spacing. It's for these technical things. So there's that permission to let go of um, all the work that we have inside, conserve your energy, mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, because that's the thing. I think when people are like, ooh, beach day, it's like, yeah, but it's like it's sucking your will to live, and then you're being very active and speaking very complicated language. Yeah. It, it, this is a, a sort of a relatively new thing for Shakespeare by the Sea to have to deal with. That's the the difference in UV levels, the difference in the, in the humidity, and these heat warnings are like new to Nova Scotia and Nova Scotia Outdoor Theater. Yeah, uh, I saw Ken Schwartz do a little text about that, or a post the, about that the other day. Uh, two planks, of course, wide open field, no shade at all. Um, and, and yeah, you're definitely, uh, you're, Jesse, I think, said you eliminated the, the afternoon matinees last year to make sure everyone lived through them. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it became impossible for us to perform in the 2 p.m. heat. Like two planks, our performance space is entirely in the sun until about 7 p.m. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for the safety of our actors, for mm-hmm. sure, but also the audience. Yeah. I remember sitting in a matinee at Shakespeare by the Sea in 2014 uh, when I, uh, I wasn't in the company that year, and uh, the show was great, but mostly I just felt bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, no. Yeah. No, let's all stop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when Jesse McLean was here last summer, um, you you were putting up a Midsummer Night's Dream, I believe, and he said, we did not want to throw a drama at the people. 
Like, <laughs> he's like, we're just doing a fun light one we know everyone likes. So in planning this season, what was the approach? Was it back to the kind of pre-COVID times? You know what it was for us is, yeah, last year was about um, about bringing lightness and bringing some joy back to a live theatre experience. Uh, this year was about coming back full force. Uh, so we've got a full repertory season happening, multiple shows, community partnerships. We're back in full force and we sort of sat down in the early stand- uh, the early planning stages. We sat down in the early planning stages and uh, we said, well, if we're going to come back full force, it, it, we're going to do the biggest play. Uh, and that's how Hamlet sort of came to light. It's likely Shakespeare's most well-known play. It's certainly the most quoted play. Uh, and uh, it's been a dream of mine for well years. I feel like my whole career in theater, I've been thinking about doing Hamlet. So uh, it, it was in some ways a no-brainer and in other ways... Uh, an incredibly daunting, <laughs> horribly pressure-filled choice to make. Yeah. Um, and uh, how many times has the company done this show before? Uh, this will be, I believe, the fourth Hamlet in the company's 30-year history. It kind of, uh, Hamlet rears his head uh, about every 10 years, give or take. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... I mean, Shakespeare in particular, like you're you're not a company that's generally working with new works. I mean, you do you do your family shows, but, you know, you're not like, here's the hot new play off Broadway or whatever. Um, When you're approaching as a director, how do you approach this knowing that it's been done a million times Mm -hmm. and it's been done before in this town? And, you know, there's the big Stratford production of Hamlet this year. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've been keeping an eye on it. It's like, how did you actually approach approach? approach the um, the staging. Uh, you know, the beautiful thing about Hamlet uh, is it is a play that uh, just keeps giving and giving and giving. So uh, although you're, you're right, obviously, it's been done many, many, many times. But when I approach uh, any Shakespeare play, I have to read it like it's the first time because we're so blessed with our audience uh, in the park. A big part of Shakespeare by the Sea is that we know we are a lot of people's first theater experience. A lot of people. We, every day before the show, I stand on stage and I ask people, who's been here before and hands go up. And sometimes I ask people who's seen their first play ever today and hands go up Wow! Um, every time. So that's a, a huge responsibility and a real gift of the work that we get to do because it's accessible, because it's in the park, people feel like they can come and witness it. So in approaching a play like Hamlet, where people in the industry, uh, people in journalism would think like, oh, this is a play that's been done a thousand times before. To me, it's really important to forget about that Mm -hmm. and, and read the play like it is a new text and mine it for all that we as a group find in it. So it's different every time. It's it's really, truly unique. So this process has been about um, pulling out uh, what this group of artists sees in this play. And it's been uh, incredibly rewarding. And cre- it's incredibly fresh. Well, it seems like a good time to bring you in, Dave. Uh, how What's, what's your uh, experience with, with Shakespeare to this point? Well, Shakespeare is... Um, those plays are where I actually found my voice as a young person when I was 11. That was the first play I ever did was a Shakespeare play. And it was the first time I felt like I truly claimed my own voice, like Mm. as a a student, these plays have always had a really um, dear place in my heart. And this is not my first production of Hamlet. It's my first time playing Hamlet, but I did 
Hamlet in theater school with the director of that Stratford production, sort of testing out that concept oh. uh, with us as the students at Toronto Met University. So I have a lot of experience with this work. I've been teaching it, and, and it's it's the work that I love the most. It's, it has the oldest, dearest place in my heart. Um, Hamlet, it's a big part. <laughs> It's a big part, to put it mildly. There's a lot going on. Um, to, to Drew's point about, you know, the fresh approach, how are you approach, approaching the part? Again, with, this, with the, the specter of everyone who's come before you. Oh, absolutely. They, they joke a lot about, you know, there's a ghost, the ghost of Hamlet's father in the play. But there's also the hundreds of ghosts of the past Hamlet's, like, peeking over the Cambridge Battery <laughs> at you. You know, every choice smacks of decades of significance and and revolutionary choices and the truth is eventually you have to forget all that and all that is fresh about hamlet the character is whoever is playing them so all i can do is bring myself to the part where i am in my life and and my experience and my relationships with my family and my friends and bring that on stage and that is what's fresh about it and seeing those same words that we all connect with, that's why it's stuck around for so long. Mm -hmm. That's the part that we know works. And hopefully it inspires someone who's seeing their play, their first play, just like it would have 400 years ago, 300, 200. Imagine Hamlet being your first play. I think I don't have to imagine. (laughs) I think we'll see it in people's eyes Mm. this summer. Yeah, it's quite the bar you're setting for yourself it is <laughs> as a quite person. The bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, you you always throw in modern touches or contemporize uh, the, the Shakespeare by the Sea shows. What what are some of the sort of fun ways you're messing with it? Well, part of uh, the vision for Hamlet. Uh, is in response to this idea that the play is timeless. Uh, people say that about Hamlet more than anything, but oh, it's timeless and and it and it fits on everything. And so uh, for me, I wanted to take that idea and I, I believe that to a degree and say, okay, well, if it's timeless, like, let's put it exactly right now. So in the rehearsal process, uh, the choices we're making are about like how how does uh, our modern sensibility fit with these uh, w- with these scenes and these characters and these people. Uh, so it's not a question of like bringing in like you're not going to hear Davon get up there and, and say like oh something is rotten in the state of the Halifax Harbor. Uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> although although there is. <laughs> there is although there is and we should have a longer conversation uh, uh, about that. Uh, the design of it is very very modern mm-hmm. um, and uh, and we've it, it's a it's quite an adaptation of of the play too. Hamlet in its full text would be about three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Our show is 90 minutes. Um, so let me repeat that the show is only 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, you don't have to sit in a park for three and a half hours. And is it at the Cambridge Battery or is it, it is it's not the Martella? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and what what do you think it is that this is such a generic journalist question, but I am curious for real, sincerely. What is it about Hamlet that makes it timeless? Well, Dave, you're, uh, you're, you're speaking the words. I think Hamlet um, has the ability to step back and view life. He is able to view to be or he's able to view not to be genuinely seriously to look down both of those two roads and see what that means for life for how we live and how we interact with people 
that is what speaks to people. And I think you'll notice a lot of the famous lines that are quoted have nothing to do with the story of the play, the action of the play. Like the plot, you know, relatively speaking, is simple. It's the Lion King, sort of, <laughs> more or less. But it's those reflections on life when Hamlet takes a step back and takes stock of the situation around them that really has spoken to people for hundreds of years. Yeah, the play is about one person asking questions to the audience, essentially. It's a play that is full of famous speeches where one actor speaks directly to the people watching the play. So when he is up there asking the questions, uh, we're sitting there asking them with Hamlet. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, you think about the themes of betrayal and all, and all that stuff. Like, everything that Shakespeare was writing about still resonates now because we have learned nothing. That's <laughs> always a fun thing about seeing it. When I went to see the tragedy of Joel Cohen's tragedy, and the, I was like, yes, this is still happening, all of it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your vibe on, you know, we're seeing lots of, um, new casting where it's like not just white guys playing, playing leads anymore. Um, uh, is that something that, um, what's my fucking question? Hold on. That will be a cut. <laughs> <laughs> so about white guys. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll take care of it. Um, uh, just pointing to that Stratford production, which is the first one to star uh, at Stratford to star a black woman. Uh, we're seeing, and, and they and uh, Jackie Torrens and Ken Schwartz did uh, uh, Hamlet with with Jackie and Lee. We were calling it Hamlet in the office. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's all these sort of interesting and innovative casting choices going on in this traditional form. Where do you feel like theater? Like, do you feel like it's moving? quickly enough or, or like obviously it's it's always a good thing when we can open you know open parts up to everybody but um where do you feel like theater's going in terms of of that kind of thing uh yeah we is theater moving quickly enough no i mean the ob the obvious answer is 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 no we're not moving um quickly enough you know for me i i'm i work for uh what we call ourselves a classical theater company. Uh, and so we primarily have traditionally done works from the traditional English speaking classical canon. Uh, and now it is of huge importance for us finally to like examine what makes those plays classical plays and classical for who. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, as you say, um, uh, you could call it non-traditional casting, I suppose. I don't particularly like uh, that term um, uh, or inclusive casting or whatever. It, but it's if, if we're going to claim that these plays are timeless or classical or whatever, then I think it's uh, imperative that we invite as many voices and as many identities uh, to bring their perspectives to that work. And if the plays don't hold up to those voices and those identities, then they're not worth doing anymore. Uh, so, uh, no, I don't think we're moving fast enough in that. Uh, but to me, that is needs to be the singular goal of anyone who is out here saying we're doing classical theater. Yeah. but And as a director, is it exciting or is it overwhelming? Because now you can kind of go, I can put anyone anywhere. Uh, it is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that, uh, you know, it's not such a closed minded view of of what any character can look like. Uh, any body can fit into any role. Uh, 
and that is incredibly exciting and, and exhilarating. I think it brings a freshness to the plays. I think it brings a new perspective uh, that perhaps uh, uh, we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's absolutely uh, it's a gift. It's not a it's not an obstacle at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to this climate change thing for a minute because it made me think, do you think there's going to come a time when you're not going to be able to do Shakespeare by the Sea in the park? Well, uh, I suppose if things don't change, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's getting scary. It's We had to lose two shows last weekend uh, because of a heat warning. Uh, last summer was the first time we had ever had to cancel for heat. Uh, besides our besides canceling our matinees, but I'm talking about evening shows. It's too hot at 7 p.m. Yeah. Now to to do shows uh, in the way that we have been doing them. So if things get worse, what we do will be in jeopardy. But Shakespeare by the Sea uh, has a long history of overcoming obstacles. Um, <laughs> yes, we had uh, Elizabeth on recently. Yeah. She went yeah. through them all. <laughs> yeah, she did. Right. So <laughs> truly, like. That's what the company has been founded on. We're a, a kind of rough and tumble, roll with the punches group. That's the nature of doing uh, outdoor theater. It's uh, you, you can never lose sight of the fact that at any point, a squirrel might come on stage and be more interesting than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly. And, <laughs> and that's squirrels philosophy. are relentless. They are relentless yeah. and they're fascinating. <laughs> uh, they are. They beautiful are, rats. Yeah, again, yeah, beautiful, beautiful rats. <laughs> Uh, so it, it's not about it's not about whether or not we'll continue to exist, but it is a question of of how we will uh, encounter those those obstacles. Like yeah, Shakespeare in the building by the sea. Like, <laughs> okay. Or Shakespeare in the middle of the night in the shade. <laughs> Devon, is this your first kind of? How did you fare as an actor during COVID? Um, I did okay, but I think the main thing that uh, changed in me is. I wanted to work so badly that I couldn't wait anymore and started making more of my own work. And that was really great. It just uh, provides a a wisdom when you work as a producer, as a director, even when you work in lights, uh, sound, set, all that. So I loved doing those projects and I'm still doing them, but I'll never take performing for granted, I, I think, like I used to. And even as Drew just talked about the heat wave, when we got over the heat wave and we did a performance on Sunday, I was like, wow, I'm glad to be doing this, you know, glad to be performing again. People trust us enough to come out and sit there. It's a really sacred, wonderful thing, and we've all missed it. Mm -hmm. And gathering like that um, is now more precious to me than it's ever been. Um, you've had Cinderella on for a couple of weeks. How's it been going? Are people coming back? Yeah, people are really Good. coming back. It's uh, it's an absolute riot. Uh, there is because last summer we did Midsummer Night's Dream, which of Shakespeare's plays is certainly the most uh, family oriented and, and accessible, probably I would say. Um, but there is something about doing a play that that's whole aim is to be accessible to uh, the broadest audience possible it really is for the whole family mm-hmm. uh, so getting back to that for us and and seeing the six-year-olds and hearing them laugh uh, in the crowd is uh, it's it's really it's really special and as Dave says it's uh, I think all of us are recognizing just how sacred that is and and how uh, much we have missed it and how necessary it is we're also seeing kids 
come to the show now who if you were sick if you're six now you were four when the pandemic started or or younger um and so we're 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 seeing kids who are just blown away by the live experience because they haven't been having it um so it's been uh, it's endlessly rewarding yeah cool um and, and looking to the future how do you plan a season is is it is it like this is topical because of X or is it I've always wanted to do this or we haven't done this in a while. Like, how do you put it together? Uh, yes, yes. And yes. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah. It's, it's a, a negotiation and uh, sometimes an argument uh, and, but mostly a brainstorming and, and a passion uh, fuel discussion. Uh, yes. We'll look to what's happening in the world now and, and go like that, you know, this is really making me think about, this play. Um, but also I've got my dream projects. And so you, you kind of wait for the right time and you go mm -hmm. like, is there an opening here? Like, okay, well, I have this idea that I've casually been thinking about for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe now is the right time for it. Um, we are also, uh, as we're coming out of the pandemic, uh, we like all theater companies are struggling financially. So yeah. uh, that becomes a big part of the discussion too. And we're struggling from a uh, uh, we people forget about us. We, you take a year off, and I know that people have gotten out of some people have gotten out of the habit of coming to Shakespeare by the Sea, like they have every year, year and year. So you want to program shows that are a uh, a warm embrace and a welcome invitation back. Mm -hmm. I am quite surprised that we didn't lose any theater companies in in COVID yeah, because you we all knock were, on wood. Yeah, you all yeah. were hit the hardest. It was it was just sort of like you know the, the rules never seemed to account for you. No. Um and um, <laughs> like do you, do you know like were, was anyone on the edge? Were were they on the precipice? Like how close did it come? You know the truth is I think theater companies uh, here in this province are almost always on the precipice and yeah. almost always on the edge. Um, so it's a constant question of, of adapting and ingenuity and reevaluating. You know, we are more box office dependent at Shakespeare by the Sea than perhaps any other theater company uh, in the province. And so a large part of our programming is based on how well we did the summer before. Mm -hmm. uh, and as theater companies through the pandemic have been struggling, the uh, funding from government levels has not increased. Uh, at, I mean, there have been some emergency measures, and that has really saved us. Uh, but the operating funding for organizations uh, that are cultural organizations in this province hasn't increased in significantly in a long time, uh, decades, really. And, uh, and yeah, we're really, we, among all, uh, many of our peers, are really feeling that. It, it's a scary time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we started with climate change and we ended with funding. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tragedy we're talking about. <laughs> Damon Steele's the star. Drew Duras O'Hare is the director. And the show is Hamlet. It opens August 5th. Runs to September something. September 3rd, Hamlet. And we close Cinderella on September 4th. Awesome. Um, I'm, never, I'm not supposed to say best of luck, right? I'll cut yeah, it. You, you can say it. Don't say anything. Please. We, we'll take whatever we can get. <laughs> Best of luck. Go back to the park. It's still a lovely time. And the squirrels have never been friendlier. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tara. Thank care. you.
Tideline is engineered by Palmer Jamison at the Golden Palm and produced by the Halifax Examiner.